1: Hey, Geekscapists. I'm here with my good friend John Schnapp, and we're going to be giving you the best movies of 2013, at least our favorite movies of 2013, in a very special kind of Geekscape where we wrap up 2013 and talk about uh, what at the multiplexes were our favorite films of 2013. I I know I said best, but I think at the end of the day, we're really just going to be talking about our favorites because... We have disagreements, John and
0: I. Yeah, best and worst. We could throw some worsts in there. And I have a couple middle zone areas. Like yeah, I think. Middle, like, films that were, didn't suck but weren't amazing.
1: Right. So, so um, how should we start? I mean, I think we should start by, by saying uh, I hope everybody had a happy holiday. I hope 2014 turns out to be a great year for you guys as well. I want to remind everybody that not only can you listen to us and subscribe to us on iTunes, but also uh, on the front page of the Geekscape site, you guys will see that little stitcher player that uh, we put up on the front that kind of replaced the live to- toad hop player it's a stitcher player you can subscribe to uh, geekscape on stitcher and i think every now and then stitcher will have like show of the year awards and stuff like that and feel free to nominate us or at least tell your friends that uh use stitcher that you can get geekscape on stitcher now uh and that you you it's been around for a little bit that we've been on stitcher but now it's on the front page of the site moving forward stitch um, it up so we yeah stitch it up Stitch it up. Um, so here we are at the end of the year. We've seen almost everything. Um, first, let's talk about the movies we didn't get a chance to see. I, di- I didn't get a chance to see... Um, uh, I wanted to see the Mark Wahlberg uh, war movie. The, the Lone, Lone Survivor. Survivor. I to see Lone Survivor. It's not even open yet, though. It's open in L.A. and New York. Where? Uh, exactly. No, no. Exactly. I was just
0: at uh, uh, the Cineplex yesterday, last night, and it wasn't playing.
1: I got invited to a Universal screening. I didn't get a chance to go, but I heard it's awesome
0: um i didn't see her yet i tried to see it last night i saw but it was her too jam-packed
1: um what else did i not see i haven't seen saving mr banks i saw saving mr banks um i think between us we've seen pretty much everything. yeah
0: pretty much everything i mean everything all sixteen thousand movies that came out this year right we've seen them not and really but potentially seen, some that have yeah. opened next year yeah
1: and maybe some from 2012 that we just didn't get to until yes. now. Yes, so a couple layovers. <laughs> so, um, John, you've got your notes. Let's get right to it. All right. What are some of your favorite movies of 2013? Are these in any order?
0: Well, I did like a top 24 or so. <laughs> but, okay. You know, it's like to say what one is number one, right. I, I always think that's my top one first film ever of all of 2013 i'll just say
1: yeah i've got to, i've got to put i've got to put mine together right um because it's on the uh it's on the geekscape site right uh we're, we're doing like all our top tens um sorry i just got an iphone and i don't know how to how to silence it you can use a you hammer know dude yeah that, <laughs> that, that's from denver i'm pretty sure it's uh <laughs> Doc of the dead related right but um okay so uh if you guys are listening to this, our best of the li- our best of 2013 in video games and co- and uh, movies is up on the website this week, so check that out. And I think my list will ultimately be up there. So I, I will I will fi- what you're about to hear I will I will have turned into a top five or ten, but you have a top 24,
0: yeah, or top 23. I don't know. In like amorphous order. Yeah, I mean okay. the, the top the, my top five. I haven't really decided like what what order they are, but I'll just say 12 Years a Slave. Place Beyond the Pines, This Is the End, Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Star Trek Into Darkness. Okay, so This Is the End yeah. is in your top five, and that was a movie that, like,
1: I have to write down notes because I forget that I see movies, even though I enjoyed them. You know, In This Is the End is one of those movies that I didn't expect to enjoy nearly as much as I did. I expect right. to really be entertained. And I love all those guys. Right. Uh, I worry that 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 this era in comedy is sh- we're shifting out of it. Uh huh. But if we are shifting out of like the Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow phase of comedy. Right. This is the end is really
0: both a Uh, poignant
1: and an awesome way to go out. Yeah, it's a capper.
0: Yeah, it's a definitely, I don't know know if we're shifting out of those types of movies per se, but maybe into a more adult version of those characters. Right. Like I think Neighbors with uh, Seth Rogen and Zac Efron looks really fun within that same world that those guys have been in, but just like upgraded. You know, I think yeah. it's like the Dan Aykroyd, Jim Belushi moving on into the their neighbors universe. Yeah. You know? It's like you where end people are like Yeah, well I, I just mean like, oh it's not your typical, you know, what you would expect from, you know Yeah, it wasn't the Blues Brothers, yeah. it wasn't Ghostbusters. It was, it was it a little wasn't. weirder. So, yeah. you know, I think this you know, y- using the same title, neighbors, you know, it's just coincidence. It's not the same movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, I mean this is the end. It, it just blew me away I could not stop laughing it was awesome it was so much so much fun and that's what I miss about going to see comedies in the theater now is like just being able to laugh Mm -hmm. you know and and having a really good story a really good setup and just rolling with it in such a way that you really don't know what's going to happen it's not by the numbers it's not predictable it doesn't even matter it's like oh it's the apocalypse okay well what's you still don't know what's going to happen even if you're like eventually they're all going to die you know
1: and okay. then, uh, and we won't spoil. That wasn't a spoiler, and we no, won't it's not spoil for you.
0: But uh, I thought uh,
1: the World's End was another kind of nice companion piece that was similar to uh, kind of the buddies. Yeah. They go out. They have to go up against this almost humanity-ending threat. And uh, although this is the end, is still kind of my favorite. Mm-hmm. I would put the World's End kind of in there as enjoyable, fun, hilarious. I thought I thought out of all the performances in any of the, those two movies, right. that Simon Pegg did a really great job in that one of kind of being i mean he's really uh the, the character's redemption in the world's end is actually a really great performance
0: it is but you know what i found you know i've only seen it once mm-hmm. but i you know i don't want to say sean of the dead sean of the dead but i'm gonna say Shawn of the dead because <laughs> that movie it's just originality it's it's incredible humor it just—it's so hard to beat, even by its own filmmakers and, and right. actors, that they were fighting that with Hot Fuzz, and you're like, I can't help but compare it. It's better than most other films in mm-hmm. that in categories of comedy that I love. But it's so I'm always comparing, unfortunately, like Edgar Wright's own movies to himself. Right. So he's al- he's almost in his own category within my own mind. I'm like, wow, I can't wait. I really can't wait to see Ant Man because I think. One of the reasons I'm excited about it is it will push him out of that category of. Well, I thought uh, Scott Pilgrim
1: pushed him out of that too. Eh, the a Cornetto, bit. the Cornetto movies are kind of the ones you're comparing.
0: Yeah, but Scott Pilgrim, I was still being compared because really? to Spaced, just the way mm-hmm. his Edgar Wright is a very unique filmmaker, and I could tell when I see one of his movies right off the bat just by the way he uses shots, the way he edits, the way mm-hmm. he composes scenes, the way his characters all talk to each other. You know, I mean, he's an incredibly talented guy. I just with those two films, The World's End and This is the End, since they were so similar storyline wise, I just had a lot more fun with yeah. This is the End. Uh, I think it was also because there was so much pressure on the world's end being the end of the Cornetto trilogy, and right. it's, not. it's like they're they're not even a trilogy. They're loosely connected by some kind of ice cream, you know, <laughs> brand. I don't I hate right. what people call yeah. it a trilogy. It's like they're not a fucking a- a- trilogy. Well, the, the box set is, yeah. is really the, the box blame. fucking set comes with a fucking piece of shitty fucking Cornetto paper. That's the, there that's you go. Here's your trilogy. Fuck off. It's not a tri- I mean, it's like it's because those guys all work together. That's right. the only. What if they work uh, on a fourth movie together? Is it a trilogy Is it it's a quadrilogy? quadrilogy. Uh, what about
1: know. um? You mentioned a movie in your top five that I'd forgotten about as well, but I really enjoyed it was, uh, and I enjoyed it despite the fact that it has like a really weird act structure. Yeah, it's almost place a beyond the pines. Place beyond the pines was great. Yeah, and I think people overlooked place beyond the pines because the movie he did before it, you know, was Blue tough, Valentine. Blue yeah. Valentine was tough to follow, and because the 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 Ryan Gosling movie before it was mm-hmm. Drive, and people were like, oh, it's 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 um, mysterious. You know, right. It's a mysterious Gosling movie. It's going to be like Drive. Yeah. couldn't
0: have been different. Yeah, totally, more different than Drive. completely different than all those films. It's like, it's, it was awesome. It's an incredible. You know what? It reminded- and it's folded in two halves, and I didn't know that going
1: in. Three, uh, three halves. Yeah, three parts, and it's I didn't know triptych. that going in. It's really got this this weird structure to it, and it's not like a third act where you're like, oh, you're following one protagonist through three acts.
0: It's literally almost like three short films. Yeah, that are all tied together. It's awesome. And woven together amazingly well. You know what? It's funny. I didn't know that it was a triptych. So I don't think that's a spoiler for people who haven't seen it. No. I saw it like, well, I can't, remember, I can't remember how I missed seeing this film. So we saw it on video. And I was just astonished. After, after the film ended, I, I could not believe how well done this film was and how mm-hmm. amazingly. It's like a super long film. It's two hours and 40 minutes. But I didn't notice it. I I was enthralled by the storytelling and the story itself and how they wove everybody together into this uh, really kind of sad tale. But uh, it was just so well done. There was moments of it that felt, I mean, Twin Peaks isn't the right or Lynchian. Not really. You're talking
1: about structure in the way that it has a scope.
0: Yeah. It's not like, you know, all of a sudden a, a, a weird dwarf shows up and they go into a red room. It wasn't that kind of Lynchian. It was more so just this you know, this, this feeling of being in this kind of a town and, and different people's stories of being trapped. Mm-hmm. So That's a good way to put it. No, the, the, the movie definitely has this tone about it that
1: is a character in and of itself. Yeah. And that's really the consistency in the movie is that you, you're spending time with this. I mean, it's like you're hanging out in a drain that is circling. Yeah. And you are trying to fight against these characters.
0: You want things to happen you for those characters. You want them, yeah.
1: e- even the ones who are criminals, yeah. you want them to rise above everything that's around them, their surroundings, and, uh, and slowly things are just circling in the drain, and you can't stop watching. Please Beyond the Pines was definitely a great one that I overlooked. Um what were some of the other ones? I mean, Gravity's got to be in there. I think if you're a geek, is Gravity on it's, your list? It's
0: in my, it's on my list. It's not right. my top five. I, I have Star Trek in the Darkness, which I know is like for a lot of yeah, nerds Yeah, people are going to get really
1: ticked at you right there.
0: Well, you know, sorry, man. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought it was a really entertaining, fun film. And a lot of my Star Trek friends were really upset that they were like, I can't believe they you, they flipped it and had Spock yelling Khan. And, yeah. you know, they felt it was like... That kind of fan baiting? It was not only fan baiting, but they, they were really angered by the fact that J.J. took words and scenes from one of the favorite Star Trek movies, Star Trek II, Wrath of
1: Khan. And the, the scene from number three where they have yeah. the glass and they're yeah. on the other side of the different airlock.
0: Well, no, that's two. Or two, that's two. That's, right. Yeah, most so of it is. It is, is from, all Khan, you're right. Yeah, it's all Khan. But, um a lot of people are upset, I think, for the wrong reasons. I think they're upset, the Star Trek fans in particular, mm-hmm. uh, are upset because it's like, he's he's taking scenes from characters that we've loved for 20 years right. and expecting us to just go with it with these new people who are only been around for three years or five years. Right. Being the new cast in this splinter, weirdball universe that was created by that red plutonium yaba yaba time travel, <laughs> right, or right. explodo thing that they, it's all science fiction. You know, it's like... It's it's not science fact, so we all know that when we're watching any kind of science fiction film, be it Star Wars or Star Trek, that none of this is real.
1: Yeah, don't get upset by your fictional character.
0: Yeah, Scotty is but, played by a different character. Guess but, what? He's an actor. He but, doesn't, he's not, there is no real Scotty. But it you know, is a so. testament to Star Trek that people care that much.
1: And, 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 it is, and, but... At the end of the day, is it good storytelling that you have uh, some of these logic loopholes like if you if you can all of a sudden do things like warp drive across the universe right how does that not change the no one gets angry
0: no one gets angry with little dilithium crystals which aren't real but hey here's i'll definitely i'll admit star trek in the darkness isn't the greatest movie in the world it's got a ton of bizarre horrible storytelling devices that are kind of almost kind of take it into really bad cinema, where it's like, hey, let's, let's inject that fluid from Khan into a Tribble, and look, it's immortal. Bam, Kirk is alive at the very end. Sorry, it's a spoiler. If you haven't seen Star right. Trek in the Darkness... You probably shouldn't be listening to You shouldn't King's be, Game. yeah. This is a top, you know, this is a countdown of movies that you should have seen. And it's, so. a geek, it's Geekscape. Yeah. We're watch, if you didn't we're see Star Trek, Star Trek in the darkness <laughs> and hate it, it doesn't matter if you, even if you hated it, you, 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 you have to agree with me that, that that's pretty lame. Right. Here, just inject him. He's dead. No, he's not. It's Yoda style. Bam. He's back to life. It's just.
1: I heard in the uh, comics, they explain why Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't look Indian at all. <laughs> you know, how he's not Khan Because <laughs> that was one of the big uh, complaints about the movie, too, is that it almost felt shoehorned that he was Khan. Does that make sense? Almost yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, but Ricardo Montalban
0: isn't Indian either. Right. He's Mexican. So it's like, <laughs> anybody saying that shit, I'm going to just tell them off. Like, fuck you. I you was
1: know. upset that there wasn't a Come plastic chess piece. <laughs> that's, that's what I was upset with, that Benedict Cumberbatch didn't have this plastic chess piece Montalban style. And
0: also, everyone was angry. It's like him them saying it wasn't con, it wasn't con, it wasn't con. And then look, yeah. it's con. It's like, if, if, that, they, if Benicio de Toro had not passed on the role, yeah. you would have known it was Khan from day one. Yeah, it would have been like, don't even play. And I, I think Benedict was great. It was yeah. fun, the storytelling of how, having Khan kind of fake team up with Kirk. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought it was a really enjoyable, fun two-hour movie, with the, playing with the Star Trek characters, playing with their mythology, giving it a twist and a spin, because what, do you really want to see a Star Trek Wrath of Khan remake, word for word, with these new characters? Isn't it better right. to play with the mythology and... And say, hey, these certain things happen in this new timeline, but you know, certain things are going to bound to repeat themselves. You know, there's it's, it's playing with the act of storytelling. You know, the the, the hero's journey. The, you know, all these different things that people love to quote with you know Star Wars and Campbell. But hey, yeah. it's also within Star Trek because J.J. Abrams basically took the original Star Wars movie and placed Star Trek directly over it, and that was the new Star Trek movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kirk was on Tatooine and. He joined the rebellion. You know what I mean? To fight, and it's like there's all these scenes that echo Star and he Wars. He saves which, the cat. Yeah, the story. Te- I'm just now I'm just naming. Well,
1: screenwriting books.
0: Yeah, but no, I mean, in, in the movie, it's basically it <laughs> yeah. follows the Star Wars movie, and then they have this big fight at the end. So, right. I don't know. Uh, I I I really enjoyed Star Trek Into Darkness, and you know, I mean, I've had arguments with a lot of Star Trek nerds recently, uh, just about you know, and I've got to hear why they hated it so much, and. I understand the hatred that they have for it. I mean, I don't agree with them. Sure. Because I think it's a little bit like, you are taking it way too personally, and you got to let go of certain things. Like, sure. you know, this is a new version of Star Trek.
1: Do they have to let go of it, though, as geeks, as, like, people who, who, <coughs> who grew up modeled after these characters?
0: Um, do they have to let go of it? I guess, do they, do they have to? No, they don't. But do I have to agree with them just because they're so ardent and they're like, they're not honoring the 25 year version of these characters. It's like, no, it's it's a brand new version. Right. So I don't have that that same feeling. Okay, and so, I love Star Trek, the original series. I grew up watching it as a kid. I absolutely love it. So. Yeah,
1: but I, mean, I, think, I think an open minded geek is open to these various interpretations. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's just not my version. Yeah, you, you can't know?
0: get too sweaty about it. And, you know, and some really, some the example
1: do. of the last two years and, is when we talk about Amazing Spider Man and how crushed I was watching Amazing Spider Man. You enjoyed Amazing yeah. Spider Man, and, uh, and you know I'm going to be there on day one for Amazing Spider Man 2. It's, these are versions, you know, it's like, it's like I don't stop reading comics because I bought a bad comic. Right. It's that artist and that writer's interpretation. So, Star Trek 2, uh, in the J.J. Abrams era of Star Trek, definitely runs into uh, what we loved about the characters and new interpretations. We've got to be open to it, just like the Angley Hulk. It's not going to be unmade that <laughs> you, know. so you can't take a, Hulk dogs away. And of course, I'm, I'm talking to the man doing uh, <laughs> The Death of Superman Lives, speaking of interpretation. So right. what, else, what else you got on the, um, on the
0: docket there? Uh, 12 Years a Slave.
1: and that was and I've, I've, I've had chances to watch this movie. Right. And it's almost like my emotional... Uh, I almost don't have the emotional ability to see this movie. It'll it crush you. It'll it's crush going me. to
0: crush you're yeah. If you're somebody who is in the least bit human... You yeah. will be crushed by this movie. It's yeah. like I've talked to some people. Who are like well, I don't really, uh, didn't get move me emotionally. I'm like, I always knew you were a robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My know, my emotional Android ro- over here. You know, it's like <laughs> I have been discovered. You know, I, think, I
1: think I'm fairly cognizant of my emotional reservoir and it's just not at the point where I can see that movie yet. Well, I think every It'll American
0: every American owes it to themselves to see this movie. Sure. I'm not as some kind of weird like cultural class. Made by a British man. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a it's a it's a movie about you know, how humans treat each other. Sure. It's not just an American thing. It's you know, and it's disgusting in the fact that it's true mm-hmm. that this happened to not only to this man, he was one of the lucky ones to actually escape and get his freedom back. Ninety nine percent of every other slave just got hey, you used to be free, we stole you, now you die as right. a slave. In a wow. horrible, horrible life condition. It's crushing when you realize that this actually happened and it still happens nowadays in other countries. Sure. That we turn a blind eye to, you know, but did you see uh Captain Phillips? I did not get a chance c- to see c- Captain Phillips
1: uh Did a really good job early on because obviously uh, you're you're in the movie and you're watching Tom Hanks and you love Tom Hanks right uh, and he's Captain Phillips and you know from the news stories that the Somali pirates and from the trailers of the Somali pirates are going to take him hostage in this boat and so that they did a great job in this Somali uh, sort of you know village of having these warlords run in and say listen we have guns pointed at you you guys better get out in those boats and start bringing in some ships as hostage, you know, a trade, or else we're going to kill you. And it's almost the, the mod- what you're talking about, the, the modern slavery, that the, some of these people are doing it to themselves on the Somali coast or right. maybe in di- different parts of the, con- of the world you've got this kind of stuff going on. Um, and Captain Phillips did a great job of not completely demonizing the bad guys, but saying, listen, it's, these guys were between a rock and a hard place. They did what they had to do, and it's just that messed up part of the world.
0: Yeah, I think 12 Years a Slave it it really just showed you like people who uh had slaves who had slaves mm-hmm. were uh were were very uh weak right in a certain sense because they 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 were they allowed themselves to think about another person as a piece of property. And a lot of it they a lot of, in the, at least in this movie they showed people obviously having fun with the fact of being able to torture another human being right so it's sort of like well you're acknowledging that this person is a person but you're also not acknowledging them as a human being they're Mm -hmm. your property so it's like all of the characters in it are guilty in different forms i mean the you know the people who are living in the free land are not you know right so it's just kind of a condemnation of the south in a certain sense so you know
1: uh, and to, to talk about Captain Phillips, it didn't. I don't think it's at that level. Right. It was obviously like a financial thing with Captain Phillips. It was basically like this is how messed up this country is, and this right. is how they make money. You know, basically pirating and sucking off these ships that that pass by their You know, obviously, I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think these people had choices. Right. The people who are running the the running the the game they didn't have these kind of choices that's just how messed up their situation is in ten, in 12 years a slave they had a choice and they made their finances i mean is that true i mean do you think the south had a choice in whether or not i mean obviously yeah but i mean but but their but their economy was wrecked when they threw up slavery mm-hmm. in their in the effects of that you can still see in rural areas of the yeah. south now
0: was that a choice it was forced upon them, but, I mean, the choice to free the slaves, yeah. I think their choice in, like, in fighting to be able to sure. still have slaves was just financial.
1: You <clears know? throat>
0: it yeah. was like, we don't have to pay for these workers. And does the movie get into the... Like, I mean, that, well, that's a pretty complex situation where... It doesn't get so much into right. the politics of uh, the money. It gets more involved in the, the more horrible <clears throat> human element of uh, abuse Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and uh, owning someone. Right. So it's like, that's even worse than the money aspect, you know? So it gets really into that psychology of it, which is horrible. But, you know, it's important to know this happened only a few hundred years ago.
1: 100. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
0: um, what, what, okay, so did you see Rush? I didn't get a chance to see that.
1: Rush is one of those movies that surprised me because Ron Howard, not always on the top of my list as filmmakers. I thought, um, what was the political one that he did? Uh, Frost Nixon. I thought Frost Nixon was really strong because yeah. he, uh, quote unquote, behaved. Mm-hmm. Like Sometimes I, I feel like uh, Ron Howard and Clint would have a, a, a classic form of storytelling where they really want to sell the moments, almost to the point where they're hitting you over the head with the drama. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the piano starts on the drama. The push-in starts on the drama. But I thought Frost Nixon was really, quote unquote, behaved and he just did a great job of just servicing the script yeah rush the camera couldn't be more active in some of these scenes in rush but the energy is awesome yeah uh rush was great rush was great chris helmsworth shows why he's an actor and not just thor a really great job uh i'm really doing a disservice to the actor who played against him because i mean this is a story with, with these f1 racers that you may not know the story, and you may not care about the story, but the second you start watching the first minute of Rush, you start caring about this world that before you just didn't care about. Right. And, he's in, and Ron Howard has to be credited with injecting that much interest and energy into the movie because his camera is insane in this movie. The way he shoots these races are awesome. And then the way that he just shoots the the, the, the dramatic moments, the, the people moments, the human moments are, is just really uh, respectful, I think, and just kind of nice. And soft. It, it doesn't have the energy of, like, Wolf of Wall Street, right. right? Like, the human moments in Wolf of Wall Street kind of feels like a kettle boiling. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kettle boiling is all these external situations that are also kind of part of their constructed card game, or, you know, that, that yeah. that's kind of happened in Wolf of Wall Street. With Rush, it just feels like two people who don't want to back down, uh, and the kettle boiling is internal. Does that make sense? They're completely the... Uh, they're completely uh, the engines of their own kind of fates, and but you're, they're fighting you know, each other, right? Yeah, but there's a, but there's a respect that grows, okay. which is kind of something that you watch in Rush. And it's all I, I thought Rush was. I think it's one of my top ten movies of the year, just because I couldn't stop watching it. And like, uh, what was the, it was a movie I I think I talked about earlier where I was not too interested when I walked into it, but then I was blown away by it. It could have been This Is the End, but I couldn't stop. Watching this movie. Rush was awesome. Right. And I actually cared. <coughs> Ultimately, I cared about a movie that when I saw the trailer, I was like, ah
0: oh. That's how I felt. That's why I never saw it. I saw the trailer it didn't get me. And then everyone told me how great it is. It's, it's really good.
1: Um, Rush was really good. I thought Gravity. I, I, think, <coughs> I think Gravity surprised people. Do you think Gravity surprised people? Or do you think a lot of people went into Gravity after that trailer being like, oh, my God, this is going to be the most intense thing ever? I think
0: I was. I, I was I've been wait, I'd been waiting for Gravity for three years because I, I loved Alfonso mm-hmm. Cuaron's films yeah um, I heard about this film and it was right up there with the kind of film I wanted to see like, and
1: that trailer drives you nuts
0: well here's the yeah. thing I hadn't seen the trailer oh, I was wow. just like I couldn't wait to actually just see the realization that I'd been reading about for mm-hmm. all these years and then it got pushed back an entire year so for me it was like I couldn't wait to see the film when I finally saw the, the, the trailer for it I was blown away right and I was hoping that everyone with me in the theater was also had that same feeling of awe, of the danger and beauty of space, and how incredibly, in a snap of moment, yeah. everything's done and you're floating and you're dead, right? You know what I mean? Like I, it's one moment, scary you're, as hell. Yeah, I mean it's. I think right. of these
1: people who want to pay like thousands of millions of dollars to fly up with like a Richard Branson, right? And I'm like, that's insane. I like my feet right here on the ground. Yeah. I don't even want to go like, I don't even want to go jump out of a plane. I don't want to do parachute jumps. I don't want to do bungee jumping. I don't want to do any of that stuff.
0: I'll do, I want to go to Mars when I'm an old man. In gravity totally in space
1: is like that times a jillion. You just, yeah. go, it's scary
0: as hell. Well, I think after the, the first couple of trailers, I think people, the word of mouth was like, wow, this, it just felt like a different kind of a movie.
1: Mm -hmm. just from the trailers.
0: It did did not feel like your run-of-the-mill film. So then it had a giant... Like, I was predicting it would have a giant box office. A lot of my friends were like, oh, they thought it would be a bomb. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, know, at least I'm on record on one of these earlier shows, like, saying, hey, it's going to be a giant hit. And I'm not just saying, oh, I was able to predict this. Just because I felt it. I felt like all the people around me who were talking about, I can't wait to see that film... It made me feel good, and I was like, "I hope it delivers." So then we all saw the film, and then word of mouth was like, "You have to see this movie."
1: Was it released too early? Being released in September, October, was it released too early to be like an Oscar contention?
0: Um, You know what? I think the Oscars. Or did it
1: too too well to be an Oscar contention? Because that happens too, right? Like sometimes a movie, like uh, what was the one King's Speech, which by the time it was nominated hadn't made a whole lot of money, and then it goes on to make money, of course. But. Uh, did did it make too much money with the Gravity? Did Gravity make too much money to to be expected well, to the Oscar? Because I think visual effects, it's it's in. I think the I think Sandra Bullock's performance is awesome. And you can talk about like the shoe strength script that some people talk about. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, it was just a a sequence of set pieces, or it was a video game. And there are parts where I felt like I was watching. I was kind of, you know, the first person shooter parts of it were awesome. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm you know I'm playing a you know a a Steam game or a Valve game the graphics on this Valve game are incredible (laughs) I was like this is great Um, did I complain? no I thought it was awesome and I think that we're seeing games educate uh, the visual language of movies and I think that's exciting to any gamer yeah Um, but is Gravity going to be there on the Oscars?
0: you know what I don't care yeah I mean seriously I loved this movie yeah I absolutely love this film and uh I don't think the Oscars, the Oscars are becoming less and less relevant, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because I mean, as our world expands to a global cinema, sure. you know, and I, I mean, look at it this way. <clears throat> We're lucky to be able to have Netflix. They have an incredible foreign film section. So just think about all these people who would never watch a subtitled movie are now watching the girl with the dragon tattoo, the original version, mm-hmm. you know, all these different films that they would never watch right in a billion years now they're just there hey let's check this movie out let's watch troll hunter yeah we'll let's watch rare Hunters. exports let's watch there's a you oh know, i gotta see Rare Hunters. Exports.
1: rare exports is one that i think we even ran a review on the site years ago <clears> I, <throat> I never got a chance that <clears> is it. our every christmas i want to watch no that movie, that's rare rare
0: our christmas movie you rare haven't even seen it yet you we, gotta see invite it. laura and i over all right well i mean next year yeah, no, we, you, we, you gotta we, wait we, till we, christmas Rare Exports. Bad Santa and now Trading Places. We got a whole bunch of these Christmas movies now. So yeah,
1: Rare Exports is a great one with like a killer, like a Santa Claus being trade like some weird thing that it caught. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It's
0: freakish and fun. Um,
1: um, I'm gonna throw a movie out, and I actually had a dream last night. I had this dream that uh, I was in Guillermo del Toro's library, like his workspace, and it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And Guillermo del Toro was there. And, yeah, and uh, and somebody who who, who was. Uh, And and, and he was like super nice and enthusiastic. And I woke up this morning and I I was like, oh my God, Pacific Rim. Mm -hmm. We should talk about Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah. Because as geeks, that was the movie. Yeah, It was the one that wasn't based on a comic book. It wasn't based on a video game. It came out. It was a brand new, you can argue it was a brand new IP. There's obviously a lot of anime influence. There's a lot of obviously the Toho monster influence. Where does Pacific Rim land in this Looking back on 2013,
0: my top ten. Top ten. Oh yeah, yeah. I think any geek I mean, has like, to put it. Somewhere yeah, it's, in, the top it's 10. in possibly in my top five because you know there's a real loose order of of movies, but I loved that movie. <laughs> uh, I saw it in the theater three right. times, and that movie, Guillermo del Toro, took me back to being five years old mm-hmm. for this one sequence. When I was a little kid, I I watched every Gamera and Godzilla movie that was on TV whenever they were on Mm -hmm. because i love those films and i i couldn't put my finger on why it affected me so much as a kid until i saw that one scene in the middle of pacific rim i think it's the second big boss fight kind of style they use the boat like a baseball bat it's yeah it's when he's fighting that creature and it it gets it opens its wings yeah it opens its wings and grabs the 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 jaeger And flies him through across buildings and up into space. Yeah. And then he gets that giant sword and cuts it. Uh, That to me, just talking about it, the hair on my hand, I'm feeling goosebumps. And you can always criticize the script and be like, oh, why didn't he pull the sword earlier? Doesn't matter. But
1: but it doesn't matter. Guillermo del Toro tells you it doesn't matter. I'm saying that he hits a building and you see like the little, what is it? The funny little, uh, what are the little weights that go back and forth?
0: Oh yeah, the little ching, 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 Yeah, like, it like, zooms like, in on like, that. Like Gemma yeah.
1: Toro is telling you guys, have fun at this movie, yeah. because if you overthink everything in this movie, you're not putting yourself in the mindset I want you to be in, which is those minds that we all had when we were ten and we were right. watching those Gamera and Godzilla marathons or Rodan and Exactly, you know, old That's what, Man I'm, that's that's that what stuff. I'm saying.
0: That moment that I was talking about mm-hmm. to me was worth all of the entire film. Any little plot holes or whatever to right. transport me back to that feeling of of jubilation and excitement and like I can't believe how awesome this is and in the theater that when I was seeing this like I said when he's up in outer space I don't remember doing this but I was I guess some people were with me were like you yelled out like you know fuck yes (laughs) but I wasn't the only one because everyone in the audience like a bunch of other people were like yeah like screaming out this moment because it was a moment it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole movie had a ton of these kinds of moments, but for me, that was the moment. And I never expected, I saw that one of those sequences in the trailer itself. Like, but then when you actually see it all put together, it just had this giant bigness that a lot of movies don't capture. That, that kind of like, this gigantic robot is fighting this super giant monster, and millions of people's lives are at stake. Luckily, they're fighting in kind of abandoned buildings at this point, because <laughs> they're crushing through them. They're not um, fighting in Metropolis, right? They're not which, fighting which in Metropolis, which is a movie I enjoyed. I, I we'll didn't get to do, we'll get, get to that. But, yeah, Pacific Rim. I'm happy that it made, it finally crossed the 400 million yeah. or whatever some number that they were oh, all. Well, now we can bankroll the script. You know, or like right. At least it was a big enough hit that we can get a second Pacific Rim because I'd see it, but I'd also be just as happy as with one. And it, it, Honestly, it, I, don't I don't need a, a second Pacific Rim, but if they were to make another one, I would totally go see it.
1: So. My giggle fits moment, if that was your giggle fits moment. Yeah. My giggle fits moment was when um, when you climb the Jaeger at the beginning. It's kind of a Evangelion style, and it just felt like a, a, the opening of a great anime movie. You know, you meet all the different Jaeger teams, and it's almost right. like a Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. it's just hilarious in the yeah. same way that you meet all the different fighters in a kung fu movie like, yeah like you know flying guillotine you see the fighters from all the different places Dude, i
0: wanted the fu- the the russians to be in that movie for so much more than i know horror. i love yeah. their outfits i love that jaeger.
1: chinese players yeah oh, the two-headed jaeger was awesome but um you know we'll see where this goes the, the, the big detriment that people talk about in the movie was like, the dramatic parts. Any part that didn't have a monster or a robot in it, people were like, oh, it suffered. But you know what? I don't think I got, so. I got two things for you. I've got Stringer Bell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got yeah. Idris Elba, yeah. who is... He's awesome. He's awesome in everything. And then the ending... I love the fact that they didn't kiss. It redeems the, dr- the it redeems like that soft drama that some people think is like a forced human element drama in the middle of the movie that kind right. of bogs the movie down. The fact that they don't kiss at the end, the fact that they just hug, the fact that they just survived, right. and that's good enough. They don't have to kiss. They don't have to have fireworks shoot sure right. off. Kind of redeems all of that because it's like you know what? We're not going to oversell this. You know, we're not going to give you the oversell on the human element. It's funny now that
0: you say that if. It- I didn't think about it before, but it has the similar ending as The Abyss, mm-hmm. where all this yeah. crazy madness, alien underwater stuff's happening. Everybody's plumes up at the top, and they're floating away at the, Have at the end. Have you seen that
1: Ray Harryhausen documentary that's on I Netflix? I love it. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I was just watching it yesterday.
0: I just Yeah, I saw it like th- a couple weeks ago.
1: And I was thinking about movies like that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, obviously, Pacific Rim came back on the radar because it's such a shout out to like, beasts from 20,000 mm-hmm. leagues and stuff like that, but... Uh, what I loved was I remember meeting Kenny Johnson, who created V, mm-hmm. and I guess the director of uh, or the guys who who did uh, Independence Day, right, went up to Kenny Johnson and you see the beginning of Independence Day and it's the, the beginning of V, right, and they, and they came up to Kenny Johnson and they said, listen, we've made a living off of ripping you off, Kenny, and they were being mm-hmm. jocular about it, and they loved right. it, um, but the beginning you watch the beginning of Independence Day and you watch the beginning of V, the TV series from the early '80s, and it's similar, yeah. Watching that documentary with Ray Harryhausen, I see the beginning of Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Yep, <laughs> it's totally, it's V, and it's awesome. You just see how these things are um, cyclical. How you have yeah. the influences, right? And and how the great thing about that Ray Harryhausen documentary, which I don't think production-wise was a, was well, I think the production quality was. You know, these guys just went and made the movie because some there's like a discrepancy in the way the interviews are shot, and some mm-hmm. of them are from here and there. Sure, but as far as information goes, and Letting you guys know how important Ray Harryhausen was to every filmmaker that we love right now. Yeah, it's a great documentary. If you have Netflix, you definitely should check it out. In um, Pacific Rim, definitely owes uh, tons to Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, as does Toho. Yeah, you know, and that was something that was cool in the movie was that Toho basically wanted to do beasts from Twenty Thousand Leagues, and that's where Godzilla came from. Creature lizard comes out of the ocean. We just didn't want to stop motion animate it. We wanted to put a man in a suit because sure. it was easier. You know. Get
0: those giant legs.
1: Um, so, so we got Pacific Rim. That's got to be on any geek
0: list. Yeah, you just may have mentioned Man of Steel. Let's talk Man about of Man Steel. of Steel. That's in my top ten.
1: Man of Steel is in your top ten.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I I didn't have the a lot of the problems that a lot of a lot of other people had with it. Not just nerds, but just everyday normal right. people. Normals. It was disaster
1: porn. It gets a criticism
0: yeah. of disaster pointing.
1: It says, I, uh, I want my Superman to be hopeful. Let, let's, let's be very straight with this, okay? Because this is what I say to people who are like, oh, I want my <clears> Superman <throat> hopeful. Because those are the same people that two years ago were saying how much they love Batman. Mm-hmm. And all you guys could talk about for 20 years since Tim Burton put it on the screen was how great Batman is and how you love Batman. And then Superman comes out with the Superman Returns. And yes, that movie wasn't that great, but mm-hmm. that movie was hopeful. Mm-hmm. And nobody liked it. I didn't like it. It's just about, it well, no, it's a bad... it was
0: hopeful, but really boring. Right, really boring, boring. hopeful. Yeah, you don't, want, you don't want boring hopeful. Yeah, I don't want to fall asleep um, while watching Superman, which he, is what happened. <laughs>
1: here, you, here you have a Superman movie where they literally use the word hope mm. as the as symbol, yeah. And you still don't think you've got a hopeful Superman. And I li- do. Li- li- you guys... So Batman educated this Superman, and you still don't like it.
0: <laughs> well, for, for the people who are comp- extra complainos out there, yeah. I want my Superman hopeful. I want my He's Superman hopeful. He's got to be the big blue boy scout. He's gonna, it's like, look, you know. You just told Warner Brothers for 20 yeah. years you didn't want that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing, though, is like when Superman Returns came out, and it didn't flop. It made like, you know, a couple it was hundred. Yeah, it, it was lackluster. It was lackluster, and and more so it was like, you know, a lot of the, the, the reviews are, you know, if you look, if you can put them back to back, Superman Returns reviews and then Man of Steel reviews Superman Returns. The critics liked it better, right? But you know, no, so I enjoyed what? the size I mean, of Man of Steel. Man of Steel, I liked, if you just just watch that's Man what of Crypto Steel, looks like in the comics, just the superhero fight scenes. I mean, and compare those fight scenes to any other fight scene ever filmed with superheroes. You're not. I I recently just like a couple days ago somebody had compiled them all on YouTube, and I was like watching something, and then. You know, YouTube is like, do you want to watch these other 20 videos? And right. I was like, oh, Superman of Steel fight scenes. It was like five minutes. I watched it. It was like a compilation of all the fight, the best of the moments. Mm-hmm. So well choreographed. And because of our technology nowadays, you can do stuff that you just could not possibly do in, say, Superman 2 when he was fighting the original or Phantom or Zone villain, Nuclear villains. Man. Any of that stuff. It, Solar this, Man, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Nuclear Man. Nuclear with Man. Gene Hackman's voice. Yeah. Superman, whatever. Yeah. This movie was incredible. Just alone, just for the fight scenes alone. And That's if what superheroes look like when they fight. Yeah, they're smashing things. And here's the other complaint that a lot of people had with the you know the ending with you know obviously a lot of people dying in Metropolis. They're not fixating and showing somebody with a stumped, bloody right. hand like Superman. How dare you let my hand get cut off or, or dead body <laughs> smashed everywhere? Um, you know that stuff is happening. You know there's definitely you know that loss people, of
1: life. Yeah. Um, the gravity machine is what's killing a lot of
0: people, and you and, see the gravity machine. Yeah. You
1: hear the people going ah yeah. <laughs> on that gravity yeah. machine, but it's his second fight, and and ever. he's only been
0: Superman for like four days. He it's just put the outfit on and learned how to fly, and they arrest his ass. Remember that they're right. like he's jumping around like the greatest American hero and smashing into mountains. Right. Finally learns how to fly, and they're like, uh, yeah, can you come over here into the desert area? Like we're the we're giving you uh, Earth is giving you up, right? Basically, like when he comes home. To visit his mom, he's like, hey, so what's, what, what's this? You know, remember, he's just become yeah. Superman, gets the suit, learns about his Kryptonian heritage, yeah. throws this weird suit on, flies, goes to, you know, his foster mom you know, to surrender your Kryptonian. Right. He surrenders, literally, the, I guess it's probably the next day.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's been Superman while. Gets a few, choked yeah.
0: out by Zod. Zod's inside of his head and Superman disappears in a mountain of skulls. Right. You know, I'm going to terraform this that whole visual, planet. That it's a cool awesome, visual. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's like some of the, some of those, that scene in particular could, I felt could have had more of an emotional impact if Mm -hmm. it was shot in a different way. Right. That's the only problem that I've, I've, one of the only problems I've had with Zack Snyder is his ability to emotionally connect with the audience. Mm -hmm. His, his shooting style is so commercial and Hey, I'm putting this distance, distance, there's a distance there. So even those moments that you only hey we only have two minutes and it's it's Zod and Superman inside Superman's mind Kal El's mind where Zod is addressing him and saying you're a Kryptonian like me I'm going I need that Codex that skull with all the little you know gene moments in it of our of our whole history to rebuild it here you know are you with us or not this this kind of thing but it, Superman seeing oh it's the death of everything I've grown up with I'm, I can't allow that the, that moment should have had more emotional impact mm-hmm. but. You know, those shortcomings aside, I thought it was a really fun and a great science fiction film, like that you're on Krypton for 25 minutes in the beginning, and you're seeing this entire It looks culture.
1: like the 1970s, 1980s. It it's, looks like the John Byrne Krypton. Oh,
0: yeah. It's so cool. It's like a John Byrne Krypton mixed with some moments of like some Frazetta, crazy heavy metal, you know, just, it had this really cool look to it, and I'm glad it wasn't all like stalactites crystals and, and, stuff, and crystals yeah. and stuff. They just went this whole <laughs> other way, which is exciting. and mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I, it kind of bums me out sometimes when people are so hard, you know, when they're like, yeah, Man of Steel, baby, baby, and it's like, why don't you shut the fuck up? You know, I was like...
1: Best superhero oh, movie. sorry. Was
0: <laughs> it the best comic book movie of the
1: year? Because um, I, I, I think you enjoyed Iron Man 3. I did, you know. And, 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 and Thor 2 is kind of fun. Thor, I, thought, I thought Thor 2 was really Thor, fun. Thor 2 was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Thor 2 was so much fun. That's in my top 10. But you, would you say that Man of Steel is the best superhero movie of the year? Because um, I, I, I for said me, Dread was my favorite comic book movie of the year yeah, last not year. The, yeah, that's yeah, but that's, that's comic book year. movie. Yeah, for and, me, the, and that beat out favorite, Avengers of my year.
0: My favorite comic book movie of this year, as far as being, of as far as total enjoyment, is Thor, yeah. The Dark World. Yeah, it beats out Man of Steel. Wow,
1: I thought I, I love the humor in that movie. That was the that, thing that, that that was the, my favorite part. That's of that why movie it was does. Humor, I yeah. mean,
0: honestly, because Man of Steel didn't have that many laugh moments. In right. fact, there might be one by mistake right. where it was like Perry actually that's my uh my my big criticism of the man of steel is the ending mm-hmm. the last like half the hour wink, wink. yeah no it was the it was where he's fighting that world engine and flies to the other side of the planet and fights that tentacled you know yeah. kryptonian thing that that became boring mm-hmm. and while he was doing that you had perry white trying to rescue some girl the intern yeah who they still don't give a job to they at the kept end the cross-cutting that and to me that was like 15 minutes That wasn't necessary. Right. And it got tiring. And so by the time that Superman was going to fight Zod, I was tired. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to, I was like CG'd out, so to speak. I was like, I just saw like 15 minutes of Superman fighting some kind of tentacles and this other stuff that really, he could have just flown through it and gone to the other side of the planet you know and let's get on with that all right you just blew up that one machine well it
1: had kryptonite at its core so i don't know what you wanted man it was terraforming kryptonite so yeah he can't just fly into it it's it's like he it's, did though why don't you just run into a gas cloud
0: no but he did yeah no but it's Ultim- poison to him i know but ultimately that's, and you would do
1: that but it would did, hurt
0: you he if he did that and didn't have to fight these tentacle things <laughs> i'm just saying Make it two minutes. Don't right. make it 15 minutes and cross-cut it with some weak-ass characters that you didn't didn't build up enough for me to even care about. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, that to me got me like, okay, what's going on now? So then <clears throat> 15 minutes later when he finally shows up to fight Zod, I was a little tired, that's all. I know he's a star, Lawrence Fishburne, you got to get those moments in there. That could have easily been a deleted scene. And then it's like, hey, you know, we didn't really develop... Perry White is not really the main focus of Man of Steel. So and yeah, we like,
1: still get, we, she's still an intern in that last scene. Yeah,
0: the she's girl still is. still yeah. an intern. So, you know, th- those are a few, like, you know, little, a few things. But um, another one of my... Uh, but Thor 2 was your favorite comic book Yeah, Thor 2 really, above, above Man of Steel, to me at least, delivered on those comic book aspects mm-hmm. that I wanted to see in a Thor movie, because Thor was one of my favorite characters Uh, Growing up as a kid in the 80s, the Walt Simonson run with Thor where they introduced Malekith as this villain. The villain, Malekith, you know, Zod wins as far as being in those two movies a better villain. Mm -hmm. I mean, Malekith, it's like I think they shortchanged the actor, Eccleston, and just the character itself. But, you know, that being said, Thor and Loki, their chemistry and their storyline, just as the brothers. Yes. Sibling rivalry and their love and their hatred of one another is so well done in this movie and the humor in it is so great to have so much fun and levity in a Thor movie while you're laughing and the stakes are high, but at the same time, you're laughing a lot. You're laughing with the, the characters, not that, at
1: them. That last act was just fun.
0: Yeah, it was Thor incredibly fun. On the subway. Fun. Yeah.
1: You know, and you can say what you will about how thin Malekith was as a villain and how he defeats him in three seconds, mm-hmm. but um, it's a fun movie. It's and, a lot of fun. And, and it keeps a lot of humor. Yeah spinning a lot of these different pieces are, are spinning and it's because yeah. it's not just thor stuff that's funny it's also like cat denning's character that's doing some funny stuff not annoying yeah you know and, and that's a character that could always be in danger of oh she says something smart and can be annoying but i'll save the that, stuff with the intern or, or her assistant right the the, the british guy that yeah. stuff was that was funny it was Running it got a little portals.
0: little cloying towards the end i wish i wish they did pull back a little bit mm-hmm. on that hey let's add more cat denning i love her i just thought. She started to become too much of a a comic comic relief, where in the first movie she was more real as just like a a dipstick kind of a PA. It's like, hey, she's not a dipstick PA anymore, but don't make her so dumb.
1: Um, Well, the intern, Perry White's intern, might still be unpaid in Man of Steel
0: Mm.
1: 2. Batman might hire her, right? still not pay her. (laughs) Um, So you said Lords of Salem, before we started recording. You said Lords of Salem is in your top ten. Yes. That's a movie almost nobody saw. right. And Same DP as This is the End, mm-hmm. Brandon Trust. Okay. Uh, different I did tone. I didn't know that. What is going on with Lords of Salem? Because I know nothing about this movie except that it was a Rob Zombie movie and it had dudes in white face paint.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was It was uh, about witches. It, it's like... To uh, me, Salem, right, right. Yeah. I mean, but less about Salem, more so just about... Um, witches. Witches and this kind of Rosemary's Baby kind of... It was an amalgam of like of several of these amazing late '60s, early '70s kind of films. This vibe, this tone. Lords of Salem had such an amazing tone to it, unlike any of Rob Zombie's other films.
1: But he also he always has a great tone in his movies. He, he he's always like really great with imagery. He, he's really he, great with like that, he is. Me that but nice, what I'm saying is feeling.
0: like it's different. It's right. like he let himself. He gave himself the time it's to fresh. to to do these kinds of really cool shots. He didn't rush scenes. Mm-hmm. He didn't like everything had a, a great pace to it. And it, and here's the thing: a lot of critic. I read a lot of criticism of the movie before I ever saw it. A lot of people were like, "It's slow. It's boring. It doesn't make sense. Right? It's too psychotropic You know, tropic at the yeah. end. It's like, um, I think they're all stupid. If they if they, <laughs> anybody who said that did not get the movie and doesn't understand horror. I mean, right. it's like. It's like they understand horror on a very base kind of slasher film. Style don't you level. want it
1: different? You know what I mean. Like, like, come on, for real. Yeah, you do. Like Cock Rock in the '80s. Like, you didn't want it, as much as I love. I grew up with the Freddy and Jason stuff. You didn't right. want Freddy and Jason to continue, and you Correct. don't. You don't want found footage movies to right. continue, and you don't want you know torture porn to continue. Right. You want different flavors of of genres. You know, when you go to a multiplex, you don't want just one different flavors of movie you want different flavors within the genres yeah and And that's what there's got to be a place for this keeps those genres
0: alive right you have different incarnations of these kinds of films and lords of salem you're saying was your favorite horror movie of the year uh it was conjuring was my favorite conjuring was your favorite. conjuring was my favorite horror movie of the year and right under that was lords of salem that's cool um yeah i anyone who hasn't seen lords of salem give it a shot don't expect you know Incredible, you know, chase scenes with monsters and like the kinds of like House of a Thousand Corpses characters that zombies known for. That's not in this. That's not this kind of a story. And he doesn't owe it to you to keep doing those kinds of movies. Mm -hmm. He gave he gave us a completely brand new, fun, horror film with the flavor of some of these kind of '70s, like the tone of like a slower paced horror film. Uh, You know, I don't want to give it. I don't want to give away the ending or what it's about. We will not allow you to because I'd rather people see it and have that, but just have the patience and and understand that it's, an, it's a newer kind of a horror film that you right. need to just, like, go with. And it's definitely, I mean, it has that, it's got moments of Jodorowsky and it's got moments of Lynch in this kind of dreamscape type of an environment. And I'll just say that. It, it delivers on those levels. So it's a, it's a freaky film.
1: So let's talk about, like, the quote-unquote awards movies. Right.
0: Right. Um, I... Looking, looking at movies like Wolf of Wall Street. <clears throat> oh, one second. Uh, what, what's wrong? Yeah. I just wanted to say, because we addressed The Conjuring. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I I don't want to skip over it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so, did I you see it? No. It's so I, much fun. I get fun. scared easy, so I don't want to It's so things. much fun. I saw The Conjuring twice in the theater. Yeah. It, it's really, honestly, it's one of the best Exorcist-style films right. that's been made since The Exorcist. That's cool. I, it really is. It delivers on all fronts. It's frightening. It's got incredible actors in it. It's amazingly well-written, amazingly well-edited, shot. Everything about it is fantastic. It deserves all the awards and praise and all the people who've... Anything you've heard about it, it pays off. Like, if anybody's like, oh, man, The Conjuring really freaked me out and scared me, it'll get you. There's moments (laughs) in it that I was like, oh, man, this is... Like, I was happy to be freaked out. I'll come home and Laurel like
1: be watching those movies, you know? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to leave that film out. That's That's definitely...
0: What an incredible horror. Film. So
1: uh, let's take the 70s. It takes place in the 70s, right?
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: So, 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 American Hustle. Yep. And then in the 80s, you've got Wolf of Wall Street, late yep. 80s. Um, what are some of the other awards movies? I saw, I watched her. Yeah, I um, didn't get a chance to see her. These, yet. Uh, looking back at some of these movies, I feel like th- this is the year that some of these movies played long. Does that make sense? I, and I would argue, like, overstay their welcome, but um, I feel like American Hustle is a long movie. Wolf of Wall Street is a long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, very strong performances in both those movies. Right. I don't even know why I'm comparing. You know why I'm comparing them because it feels like uh, American Hustle is very, very good Scorsese. fellas very Scorsese. You know
0: that's why I was telling my girlfriend Holly. I was like, "Hey, let, we have to see American Hustle first, yes, and then see Walt, Wolf of Wall Street." And that's of kind Wall of the Street. way to do it too. Because I don't want to see Wolf of Wall Street, an actual Scorsese movie, and then see a Scorsese-esque film. David O. Russell has his own style, and He's I like a great Dieter filmmaker. Russell. But this definitely—it has a, a Scorsese, Goodfellas vibe. In Even just the way, way it's shot, you're tracking behind this big dude. And you and have like a those... Harry Hill style voiceover. Yeah, I mean, and come it's on. It's funny this...
1: is there's shared voiceovers. Doesn't Bradley Cooper have a voiceover in a little bit? Yeah, and then you know, got a voiceover on uh, Christian Bale. But the performances are what's good. Well, I think what's going to be the strongest thing coming out of this movie. Yeah, Christian Bale. Yeah. Jennifer, uh, Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. Everybody, everybody knows a woman like Jennifer Lawrence. And yeah. I totally. don't want to spoil the movie because it does have its twists and turns. I think uh, the movie is stretched a little. Um, I found it to be a long, but um, I'm glad I saw it. See, I, I disagree. I I don't, the, and the performances
0: I, were really the highlight. I can't, I, cannot mo- I can't think of a moment where I was bored in American Hustle. Yeah. And same with Wolf of Wall Street. I Wolf mean, of Wall Street a, is
1: just insane. But
0: I'm saying, those movies are long, but I keep hearing these criticisms of like, ah, oh, it's 30 minutes too long. And you I'm heard like, it from me. No, no, but a couple other people <laughs> I've, I've been hearing this from, and right. I'm like, you know, well, which... I mean, to me, I'm sort of like, well, which moments, if you were the editor of this film, would you be able to cut out of, right. say, Wolf of Wall Street and still have the storyline make sense? Very strong, yeah. The reason, I mean, for me, some, of the, some people were like, well, it's those scenes where Leonardo's talking to his group of people, and he's like... Given these long, these long, you know, it's pep talks or so, sure. But those are those are there to show you what kind of a person it takes to be such a big con man, and to get that kind of loyalty from this group, this mass group of people mm-hmm. who are all ripping people like me and you off. It's I mean, like, like, but to, be, to get to get all those people on your side and to believe in not only themselves but this guy and what they're doing. That's what was really necessary to have those longer moments where you hear him talking. And both movies are about
1: like long sale con. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, they really are. And and I think that's the defense against those arguments is that the long sale con is what these movies are about, and uh, that sort of performance of conning somebody into believing you for that mm. long. And what I liked about American Hustle were the twists. I liked the twists that were in yeah. there, and it almost cons and lulls you into not anticipating them?
0: Oh yeah, no, American Hustle by far it's like, it's the twistiest one, I think yeah. I don't think, I don't think uh, well, Wolf of, Wall, Wolf of Wall, Street, Wall Street has the twist you I kinda, Wolf of I mean, Wall Street, you know this you, is, there's going to this this be a downfall. This guy went down, later. we know what happened because it's set in the 80s, Right. but it's a. It's a, based on, you know, this guy's book so I mean, right. even if you have like a peripheral knowledge of Wolf of Wall Street, I didn't want to sp- spoil it, it's like right. you do know a few things going in, at least I hope You know there's a, in yeah, there. there's a rise and
1: a fall somewhere. Yeah,
0: there's a rise and a fall, it's going to happen, so with American Hustle, I didn't know I didn't know who was was the bad guy, who's the good guy, how's it going to flip around, what's going to happen. And I specifically... I found that really satisfying at the end. I did too, and I specifically didn't read any reviews. I saw the trailer, and then I was like, I'm not going to watch any more trailers. I know I want to see it. I don't want to, because if you see enough trailers, you start to figure out the storyline just by, oh, I saw that trailer, this person's in this suit at this moment. Mm -hmm. It's just, just if you've gone to enough films, you can like piece together a trailer, oh, that's the ending. Totally. And I hate when I... That's why a lot of the... I've had a lot of arguments with people about trailers recently because I think they show too much yes. in movies now where Out of the Furnace, I'll use that as an example, mm-hmm. they ruined that movie with the trailer. That's why I, I didn't it, see it. No one saw it. I didn't either. I'm right. saying. We ran a
1: review of it on the site. Dave Traverse already reviewed but it I'm, and I'm, said it was good, not great, and definitely not a follow-up to uh, the, the the Country Heart or whatever one was with Jeff Bridges that that director did previously.
0: Got it. But I, my argument is that when you see that trailer in a theater, for you're seeing another movie, but you, then you see Out of the Country Furnace, like, right? Okay. Yeah. You see that trailer, they show you basically yes. the whole movie. Yes. And if you're even a halfwit, you kind of understand at the end. You're like, oh, there's a scene with Christian Bale's got a shotgun and a bloody-faced Woody Harrelson. Hmm, I wonder when that scene happens. What about Prisoners? Did you see Prisoners? I did see Prisoners, and I really, really liked yeah. it. so did I. I think Prisoners is a
1: movie that kind <clears> of <throat> might get forgotten in like the 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 big talk about the movies we were just now talking about and i didn't want to forget prisoners because i think hugh jackman really showed why he is the man he's such a good and i know we skipped the wolverine but i thought the wolverine was enjoyable i really enjoyed the it's it's in there it's not in my top it's not even in my top 20 And, and it won't be in your top 20 but as far as comic book movies, but when it's I see that Blu-ray the watch,
0: with the ninja fight, maybe my mind might change. We'll watch Cause, it together, yeah. Because I want to see it. that. I heard yeah.
1: there's a scene. Frank and Gunn has told me that there was a scene that uh, he's trying to commit suicide in a, in a, in a car burning himself to death and he's smoking and running the gas <laughs> I, don't what? What that means. I don't know I don't know I don't know. it could have just been a joke he put on maybe Facebook maybe he's joking but uh, I thought that would have been awesome um, but Prisoners I thought was one that you don't want to look uh, overlook as far as performances go especially Hugh Jackman yeah especially uh, Paul Dano yes and, what a creepy guy that he, and, and, he's cast so well in so many movies I, and that's a mo- another movie that was <laughs> there will long, be
0: blood I mean, he's such a weirdo another you
1: know? movie that was long but another movie that didn't that you look back what do you cut you know, I mean, I can't I can't argue that that some of these movies are too long and be like, oh, I, you know, it's too long for me. And then I turn around. And I love The Hobbit, and it, which is like right. a lot of dwarves walking over mountains. Right. You know, and I, I love my Hobbit movies. Uh, so I definitely see what your argument is. Um, was Wolf of Wall Street too excessive? Did you re- read the open letter
0: to I the did. makers? I it, did. It was from open one of the, one
1: of the daughters of the people who had been got, thrown in jail. Yeah. Who was part of the
0: con. Of course. I mean, but here's the thing. She has every right to have those feelings because her dad. Was Did part of things. it. Yeah. And she grew up, like she said, I had, ruined white, her life. I had the white Range Rover. And then now I was broke. It's like, yeah, she has every right to hate this movie. But at me, that has nothing to do with her or her life or or the film in general, just as a, a movie-going viewer, to see that film. And also... Should I'll, Paramount I'll, pay the restitution? No.
1: Okay. <laughs> Not at all. Because you, you know this guy, Jordan, you know, whatever, in the, in the, uh, who Leo plays right. in the movie, hasn't pl- paid all the restitution to the victims of, Correct. that he's conned should paramount or should should uh no the, i mean is the jordan guy profiting and he's going to be selling books off i know of this. but he's
0: legally bound to pay this stuff off right. so guess what next year when he's like hey it looks like you made all this money off this stuff now you have to and it might right, be create right, another right. lawsuit right however it works out legally is how it's going to work out paramount has nothing to pay for they're making mm-hmm. they're making a film score should scorsese pay mm-hmm. should leonardo no they're making a film and it's like it's up to the viewer to decide whether they love this character or not. I thought right. he was a despicable bastard and, and a creep. True. It's like, yeah, sure. That was the like,
1: argument with the letter. It's I mean, like,
0: it's like, look, yeah. man, it's like uh, only a, a fucking asshole is going to think that guy's a great, amazing person. At the end of the movie, like, well, I want to take his class. Remember when they show him before he comes out for his class? Yeah. They show all the hump-like losers sitting in the audience. Well, he talks
1: and, to them directly. In, I know, the but they have a season. long
0: take before they yes. he sees him. You just see all these lost people who go to these... You know, seminars yeah. seminars they're just like oh, i need to make i want to be rich and all these like you know get rich quick schemes which as you know they don't they're not real right so put tiny personal ads in the back of fuck you it you know me like, when i sold
1: cutco knives <laughs> do you ever say do that stuff like i sold cutco knives at college <laughs> That's and awesome. uh i went to one of these seminars and the guy was like all right i want you guys to close your eyes and picture your perfect car Wow. Do you want that car? You want that car? Who thinks they could sell $10,000 worth of knives this week? Who thinks, you know, it was like, and there were people around me just going, yeah, I'm fired up. And I'm sitting there looking around me like, I mean, I got to shoot this as a skit. Right. Because I can do an impersonation <laughs> of this cutco salesman so Should. well. Let's, that is do, a good let's do it as a skit. Yeah. The guy comes out and he's got his headpiece. He's like, "All right, guys, here we go—the future of cutlery." Nice. <laughs> I mean, I sat. You're through You're part one of, of it. it. Yeah. I sat through yeah. one of these. He's uh-huh. like, "I want you guys to close your eyes yeah. and picture your perfect house." And I'm looking around like I was in fucking Stepford. I'm looking around all these people, and they're they're freaking out. And I and I was like, "What a pack of losers."
0: And that's it. Well, it's sad though because. Not all of those people outside of that seminar are probably nice people. And, and I know have great, people I'm just saying who when the,
1: think that this movie was the way to live a life. we like, man, it'd be so fucking awesome to be able to con people. And I'm like, I don't want to hang out with you again. A, yeah, you have a a judgment system, yeah, you have kind of sucks. a
0: weird sensibility about like how you perceive life and how you think you should treat other people. It's sort of like, yeah, I mean, uh, that's the thing that's amazing to me is all these letters. They're, they're, you know, making this stuff look cool. It's like, look, if you've never done cocaine, I feel sorry for you right. as an adult. If you Just try it. It's not like... I've never done cocaine. You know, well, All right. Well, look, I'm just going to say this. Can you just tell me what cocaine is like? It's like you're drinking a lot of coffee. It's, it's not the biggest fucking high. <laughs> People always make these big, oh, dude, you got to try and Then you try a drug and you're like, yeah, that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> You know, I don't my, believe I, I like built it up, play, <laughs> built it up in my mind. Like my such my sinuses, thing. but it was
1: good. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was fun. But I mean, here's the thing is like, you know, these people are saying that these, these films are, are showing, you know, they're making this lifestyle, like look really entertaining and stuff. Don't you see at the end of the movie, all the people that you just saw having that fun for the couple of years that they destroyed. did are destroyed yeah. and go to jail. Yeah, see and everyone turns, turns on each other. Everyone, is, yeah. everyone turns on each other. No one's friends. They all backstab each other. It's like, really? That's fun? That's the kind mm-hmm. of life you want?
1: That's one Great. thing that I thought the open letter from the daughter of one of the people involved was uh, not giving the movie credit for was the morality tale. that it, I think it I think it obviously is that.
0: Yes, it is. Um,
1: we should talk about her, which you haven't seen yet. But i got to tell you, Her is worth watching. I can't wait to it's see It's another movie that I think is very long. Uh-huh. Um, worth watching. Joaquin Phoenix is excellent in the movie. I think the movie is really great, but I will tell you this. They're about two-thirds of the way through the movie, up to that point, I was like, this may be my favorite movie of the year. Right. It's a great commentary on our uh, over-reliance um, on technology and social media to an emotional point and uh and then that last third of the movie i was kind of done with it it was, it was kind of weird within a, a one minute five minute span it wasn't a specific scene it was a, a series of scenes that if i tell you about it, it will spoil the movie but uh it went from being one of my favorite movies of the year to a movie that i was like okay let's i got it 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 you know it's almost like when you're in a, a, a you know you want to have that discussion with your significant other and you guys get to that point where the discussion has Giving you all the value it's going to give you. And it could be an argument, it could be a
0: discussion. And then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I got it, I got it, I got right. it, I got it, I got it. I yeah. just
1: want the discussion to end because right. now we're starting to hurt the relationship. Right now it's going in these other directions <laughs> now, that okay. this original point yeah, yeah. was not supposed <laughs> so to go into. Movie, so, so maybe to its credit, mm-hmm. <laughs> the movie does that. And uh, I, I, I think the movie's awesome. Uh, I, I, like, wish, I wish I wish could the talk movie about it a lot.
0: I wanna see it. I'm-
1: there is a video game that Joaquin Phoenix plays in the movie right. that I wanna play immediately and it's kinda of like the next generation of like uh motion control game that he plays by himself in his apartment. And it's a statement on loneliness and again over reliance on technology on an emotional level. I think it's a great movie. Uh, it's a great view of the future that we all become hipsters. There's even a ukulele scene in it. <laughs> oh wow! There's a hipster element to the movie that's okay. kind of annoying. But uh, I think it's... Is it Spike Jonze's best movie? I still love uh, John Malkovich. I know all you guys love adaptation. Oh, Spike, yeah. Spike, you know, there's Where the Wild Things Are, which is hit or miss for a lot of people. Um, I, I like her a lot. Um, and if it was shorter, but then we go back to the John test... Mm-mm. What would I cut? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. But um, but hers worth watching. I think it, I think Joaquin Phoenix. And we haven't talked about Dallas Buyers Club, which is one of my favorite movies of the year. I have to see that. That's Dallas another, Buyers those Club. Two films Matt McConaughey and Jared Leto should both be nominated, and they should both win. Dallas wow. Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers Club. If I'm taking all these movies, right, and I'm comparing them all for what my favorite Dallas Buyers Club may be my favorite movie of the year. It was I a movie I thought it. was worth making. It has a great message. The character, Matthew McConaughey's character, is such a despicable human being at the beginning of this movie. In the journey he goes on. I, ne- I didn't even know this movie was about AIDS when I started watching it. Right. This movie is awesome. Dallas Buyers Club is incredible. And i got to tell you, a, fresh breath, uh, a breath of fresh air that I had last night watching Walter Mitty. Okay. Walter Mitty, it just feels good sometimes to watch a PG movie when everybody's talking about AIDS and drugs right. and conning and overabundance.
0: But is it too, is it too, like, Ben Stiller and this, like, you know is what? it too, like, feel-goody fake? Like, that's a, the one thing about Ben Stiller, the like, it, playing the role I and totally directing it. it. It just felt smarmy. And, like, sometimes, like, totally he it. can be such that kind of If you're not a guy, Ben Stiller person, you're going to hate it. I, no, but you know what? I liked yeah. him in Tropic Thunder. I can't say I'm a Ben Stiller fan. Yeah. But I like him in certain films. But um, you're just gonna, when I saw this trailer, I was like, really? It's just, like, so ego-driven. If, you're if going like to like him in this because
1: the cinematography is great. That's the, what I heard. The directing's really good. Um, the movie is probably his most successful vision. Does that make sense?
0: It does. I like, just... like,
1: like it's him on a different level, and you've kind of been waiting through through the Zoolander and the Cable Guy, right? And the Tropic Thunder and the different things that that Ben Stiller has done. This is Ben Stiller on a level we haven't seen him before, and he doesn't fail. Does that make sense? He, it does. He, he doesn't look like he's you know. It, it seems like he's at like. He got welcomed to the table of the other awards people, like the Spielbergs or mm-hmm. the different right. people. He got invited to that from the kid table up to that, the comedy table. He got invited up to it. And he kind of, it feels for the first time like he belongs He's not there. at the little plastic seats. He's Here, actually sitting Here's down. a movie I compare it to because I think some people won't enjoy this movie. Um, I really like The Majestic. Okay. I like Frank Darabont's movie with Jim Carrey, The Majestic. A right. lot of people are like, you know what? That's just like puerile, boring, Hollywood cheese um, I disagree. I think the majestic is a really enjoyable movie. I think it's a sweet movie, and if you're into an enjoyable, sweet movie that just gives you a nice message and is a bit uplifting, and definitely comes as a breath of fresh air amidst all this conning and hookers sure. and blow and wolves and Wall Street.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, I loved that. Right. I loved the fact that I could just sit you're here. You're selling and watch me this on it. I was so film. not ever going to see this movie. You're this actually movie, first
1: off on. visually, the DP's a pimp. Mm -hmm. Visually, this movie is so much fun to watch because he does things in each shot, and it's a lot of fun to watch this movie. It's one of my favorite shot movies of the year. Gravity's got to be in there, too, because the visual effects are incredible. I loved Walter Mitty for that fact that I was watching it, and I said, you know what? It feels good to watch a PG movie. You know, It it feels good to watch a movie that isn't trying to be PG-13 to sell an R ticket. It feels good to watch a movie that is just positive. And if that's what you're feeling like, or if you're feeling like you want to watch a movie with your kid, or, your, or with your family, or with your grandparents, or your parents, Walter Mitty's a sweet little movie. And it's a positive movie about the human spirit. That's what I enjoyed about it.
0: Well, let's, move, let's move on. Lewin Davis, did you see the Coen didn't Brothers see it, movie? I, did. Did. I didn't, I didn't oh, see it didn't. yet. I just wanted to, I've heard both sides. I've heard both sides. So yeah, let's, heard, let's not get I've into heard that plus one. Um, the Heat, what did you think of that movie? Didn't see it. Okay. It's very funny. I'll I heard it's that. hilarious. And Um,
1: one of the actors that I cast in Winning's of Attack is in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Elysium. Enjoyed Elysium. And I know know we talked about it on Gatescape when you get overshot. Oh, that's right. Overshotted. (laughs) But um, I ended up watching it after that, and I I enjoy Elysium as kind of the fun little ride it was. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, I think a lot of people, like, was it as good as District 9? No. Was it a horrible movie? No, it wasn't. It wasn't a cool movie. It was a cool, weird science fiction film. Speaking of cool weird science fiction films. I'm gonna write Elysium down because it has gotta get more credit, yeah. Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Oblivion was a great it was a really cool movie. Uh, I thought it was really fun. Another really see that's what kills me is sometimes people come in with or they forget about movies that came out in March. Well, I mean, I'm not I don't care about the Oscars. I mean, I think this whole right. awards. But stuff now that is you're making but,
1: but just making your list now, you forget about the movies that came out. Oh in yes.
0: March. I agree with you there. I mean, I had to really go back and look at other lists like, Oh yeah, that movie came out this year. Riddick. The right. third Riddick, I really enjoyed. Didn't see it, but I heard the effects are wonky. The, wonky like bad? Yeah, like a, a YouTube video.
1: No, the effects are awesome.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. The, there was no scenes that stuck out like, oh, that looks bad. Right. I, honestly, there was no part of the movie when I was watching it. see it. Because it, people were like, so it was like fun. Pitch
1: Black, so I was like, all right, I watched Dude, it. Dude,
0: come on, man. Did you like Pitch Black? Yeah, I loved Pitch totally. Black. Chronicles of Riddick. When I saw in the theater, I thought it was horrible. Cool. Then I saw it a couple more times on like just like. I'm gonna revisit it, it, was, in it. You can't hate a movie. Look, you, you know what? It. No, I started to really like Chronicles of Riddick, yeah. and it became like a Dune-style movie to me, where it's like, you know, the, the the demon mongers or Metro mongers or whatever they're called, the the, the the goofy religion where mm-hmm. they're like, we're on the other side of the universe, the yeah. evil side or whatever. It just was. It became fun to me, like that that Vin Diesel was trying to create this this whole storyline, and then in Riddick. They kind of take both of those movies. They take some, the Necromancer is what right. they were called.
1: And I like that Riddick exists. I like that, I like that Vin Diesel passed up his payday in the cameo he did mm-hmm. for Tokyo Drift. Yep, and to he get said, that movie. He said, don't pay me for the Tokyo Drift cameo, just give me the rights to Riddick. Yep. And I like that he tries to world build. I kind of like that. I'm about, totally, about I want a Vin fourth. Diesel.
0: Yo, Diesel, if you're listening, get that fourth Riddick made, yeah. son. Oh, I'll see it. Too. A bunch of people will see I'll it. do it made it, some money. Don't you worry, John, I'll do it. <laughs> Despicable Me Too. It's you one of it? my favorite animated cartoons of the year, you know. And yeah. I know it sounds like I should be picking some like less giant film, but yeah, it was in so France much. France
1: didn't make any animated movies, right? I now. know, right? <laughs>
0: the the baby cat, you right. know, or whatever. It's like no. I'm sorry, the <laughs> yeah, minions. The baby cat. <laughs> yeah, the minions are amazing. They're fun, and I got sucker punched by watching. I was like, I fell in love with. It. I didn't see Despicable Me the oh, first right. one, but you like the second one? Yeah, I just saw the second one. Just sort of like, come on, I, those minions. I saw the trailer. It looks like it could be funny. And it was actually a lot, just a lot of fun. So, Don okay. John. Didn't see it. Don John, John, you liked a lot. I thought it was a great first film.
1: I didn't see a movie called Spectacular Now. Did you see the Spectacular did Now? did not. My buddy James Ponsolt made Spectacular Now, and I did not see it, but I think it would belong here because I heard it's a really poignant view of that era in like late high school, the first important romantic relationship right. you ever had. I heard... I heard, it's, I
0: heard it's great, and you're it's supposed the, to see yeah. the, the Spectacular now and then The World's End. That's it's like how a they double it feature. New Beverly. Well, no, yeah. that's what even Edgar Wright was like, hey, there's a lot of similarities where this is the Simon bad character. Yeah, yeah, this whole, so it's like, you know, as a double bill, that sounds like how I'll watch The World's End again. I'll watch The Spectacular now and then see The World's End. Uh, one movie that a buddy But learned. I would want to say Gordon Levitt did a great job oh, writing John. and directing and starring in Don John. All right. he It was a triple threat. I mean, there's a few moments. Don
1: Blake knocked it out of the park. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Over. <laughs> yeah. Robin was incredible. No, the guy is super talented. So it's like, I mean, he's, he's a great really actor. Great. Um, he's a great actor, but you know, for him to actually be able to write and direct and put this entire film together, even though he's acting in it, it's like, and have these moments that ring really true. It's a, it's, it's a really good film to, mm-hmm. to see. There's a few moments that are a little false to me, but overall, I mean, incredible film. Uh, what about Blue Jasmine? Did you see that Woody Didn't Allen movie? Kate Blanchett. If you t- want to talk about Oscars and things like that, that's one of the movies that the Oscar people will probably overlook, and, and we won't see her again. She the should Monuments, win. Man. She should win the Oscar, even though the film itself, you know, it, it's okay. It's an okay Woody Allen movie. It's not the you know, it's not a horrible Woody Allen movie where he was just knocking those out of the right. park in the '90s. Then he hit a couple you know home runs with Match Point and some other films. This is one of those ones that's not like a, you know, I don't want to see it again. Right. But I saw it and I was I thought wow that was a pretty good film it's you know on a, a nice character film for Blue Kate Jasmine Magic.
1: yeah okay
0: um, Frank what and else, yeah. Weenie
1: Frank and Weenie was last year was it totally but I'm new with you <laughs> love the Frank All and right.
0: Weenie Spring Breakers
1: oh I heard that movie is insane I've been wanting to watch it but Laura's never been in the mood to watch it yeah you I, know what? I have people it, at South by Southwest who watched it
0: twice yeah, it's fun <laughs> and you know what it's like look there's a ton of it, the whole movie's comprised of four hot girls in bikinis. The entire movie. Right. So your girlfriend might not want to see it.
1: Well, I like the performance from. I like like the Oscar ads that Frank James Franco has been taking out for his character. In he Dream was so Breakers. good in it. But that's yeah. the
0: thing, though, is like once you get over the part of it being filled with nubile yeah. hot women in bikinis, throw that part aside if you can. Yeah. And then just take it as a movie. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun film, just showing the stupid exploitation of people mm-hmm. at these dumb parties and how. How easy it is to just fall into this dumb lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know? And James Franco plays a great character. He's really fun. There's moments in the movie What's where you like... his
1: character's name like Lizard or something like that? So I can't it? even remember. <laughs> I, wish, I want it like, to like be something, Lizard now. Like, like Gecko. Something Gekko or some or something, like it's, it's something crazy like that. You yeah, know, he's been pulling out ads or the company's been <coughs> pulling ads for the Oscars. They're like, yo, best oh, Os-. <laughs> It's been in character. You know, like, like yeah, in, right? the, the ads are in character, like in his little like weird gangsta
0: speak. Oh, wait, here It'd we go. Really funny. What you got? Kick-Ass 2, Iron Man 3. Really quick. I was like, I really you love those movies. I, I love both of them. I love Kick-Ass 2. I was surprised at how many people were like, Kick-Ass 2 is really a disappointment. It's like if you watched Kick-Ass and then you watched Kick-Ass 2, they have very, they're right. very, they feel like they're of the same world. Even yes. though Nicolas Cage is not in the, the second one
1: no I mean, but that's not the important part
0: yeah right? i think a lot of people are just like it's missing some element it must be It's like i don't felt i didn't feel it was missing anything i'm sorry i'm bummed it didn't do as well at the box office uh-huh. i would love to see a third one and finish, like to it see it out. finish it yeah. out yeah yeah
1: i i, I, I worried kick ass is gonna get his brain splattered at the last issue of the kick ass three right. comic, but kick ass two was was all right It had some funny moments um Iron Man 3, I think we've talked about on the show, it is okay that you like it. We can remain friends. You and I can remain friends with Iron Man 2. Right. It didn't it make it. Iron it's Man in
0: 3. my top 20. It's not in my top 10, though. I mean, I, no, at that point, our friendship would be over. <laughs> 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 what if I was like, Iron Man 3 is the best and I was, movie ever? I was talking to somebody who's like, who you know, the
1: defense of that movie, some people would be like, but I like Shane Black movies. It's like... How is that? What, what, you know, what, what, he's what? only made two other, <laughs> he's made two other films. <laughs> like I but hey, look, I love
0: Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I love that film. Love I love it. the it's Long awesome. Kiss Goodnight that yeah. he didn't direct, he wrote it. Right. It's great. He's written a lot of well, great stuff. Lethal
1: yeah, I like yeah. some of this he's stuff. He's a great, great writer. Hero, yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, not Last Action Hero. Uh, last Boy Scout. Great. Yeah. Let's do it. So, Shane Black again. That's
0: great. I like him in Predator. Sure. Yeah. But when but, you, when it gets to this uh I like you Shane know, Black. Iron movies. Man it's three. Like, wait, 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 yeah. What's your
1: frame of reference?
0: Yeah, Iron Man three is a really fun film. I really enjoyed it. He's jo- Jonathan's shaking like he's going to turn into the Hulk, <laughs> and to, to really explode <laughs> him right shrink. now, it, I didn't mind that the Mandarin was played by it's not an actor. About that. Okay, it's, it's not it not wasn't about that. the Mandarin. It was about prom- was It was about, Iron Iron about
1: promising us that Tony Stark and Pepper Potts are smart, yet they cannot do anything smart <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> They can't even recognize another leader in their industry on a magazine sitting in their lobby when they run a trade show. When Guy Pearce shows up in that movie, they're like, whoa, had no idea who you were. It's like you run a trade show and you have his face on a magazine in your lobby. <laughs> who's running one of the biggest huh. tech companies in the world like but those well, people what's wrong
0: with tony you? stark doesn't have time to read tech magazines pepper Potts
1: is running the company and pepper Potts is supposed her to her
0: assistants are reading sure things. sure sure i'm just <laughs> gonna throw that aside maybe you're right um hey pause it but, for but a second.
1: just don't advertise that the characters are smart and then have them act silly
0: i was gonna go into worst 10 movies but we don't have time i no no it.
1: let's uh let's talk uh i want to give a shout out to one of my favorite movies uh for my friend uh marisa mora she she made this movie that premiered at slam dance you may never see this movie because right. she says that her her seller has no idea how to sell the movie in the u.s they might actually just make a u.s remake of mm. it but it's called what isn't there and i thought that was the that movie is the i thought that out of all the people i've graduated film school with and some of them have gone off to make some really good movies including uh jennifer lee who just made frozen right I, I didn't see Frozen, but I heard it's incredible. So happy for Jennifer. Um, what Isn't There was my favorite movie of any of the grads, my fellow grads. Nice. And Marie is awesome. It's, it, I mean, the, she shot it in the Philippines. She shot it in Manila. It takes place in the music like scene there. All these kids go into bands. And, and this person falls for uh, his first romance of all time. So uh, it's basically this this kid comes back home, and he meets a girl. And he's completely introverted. He's had some tragedy happen in his life. He's completely introverted. He ends up meeting a girl who brings him out of his shell. They spend some time, in the, you know, that summer getting to know each other. And is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? I have to have Marie on the show sooner or later to talk about this. Maybe one day it might actually see the light of day in the U.S. I, I can't even pronounce the Filipino uh, version of the movie uh, title, but... It's called What Isn't There, and Marie did an amazing job doing it. Uh, another movie that I think came out the year prior, uh, at least at Sundance it did, but um, we had the filmmaker on the show, and that's why I watched it, was uh, Mark Webber, End of Love. I know when he, when Mark Webber came on the show, I was talking about how great End of Love was. Um, I actually think it's great. I thought End of Love was a really, really, really awesome both performance and um, just a nice script. And I know they improvised a lot of the scenes in the movie, but... Uh, I thought it was a great story I like a single dad trying to make it in Hollywood sort of semi-autobiographical maybe really autobiographical but um, it'd be awesome to have Mark back on the show to talk about the next movie he's working on Uh, I don't think it's out yet I think it comes out this summer so maybe this coming summer we'll have Mark back on the show to talk about it but um, End of Love was definitely one of the movies that I thought should be seen and definitely hopefully Marie's movie comes out soon so uh, those are two indie, under the radar movies that I hope get seen by you, GeekScape,
0: sooner or later uh, as you know 2014 rolls around. Well, um, yeah, you'll keep me. Li- I want to see what isn't there now. So let, know. let me know when Marisha's going to have a screening.
1: I know she. Sh- I don't even know if she has a copy on her.
0: <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she, that's how bad the distributor is. Like I just her. put get it on Vimeo, password protect it, and then she could share it with I a know. lot of people. That's well,
1: like, I don't. I, I literally don't even know if she has a copy on her person well she, she yeah she like, should you know never what, have like, a copy it yeah, should always be yeah. on vimeo and then you be um, like
0: let me see the movie would well, do you have a computer yeah Damn, it's
1: no i mean that's how mark weber gave me end of love was he said they sent me like a vimeo screener private link and that was a good one too um okay so that's 2013 i don't think we nailed every movie i don't think we no, covered because there's like yeah. saving mr banks and so like that, that which was great hard. it's
0: a, that's a oh, fun you family it? movie i loved it okay it's I, a, I mean it's I a, it's not an oscar contender for me but it was a really fun film okay so um those are the movies we enjoyed guys
1: if whatever we missed whatever you enjoyed if you have agreement disagreement definitely post respond to us john's on twitter at john schnapp i'm on twitter at jonathan london geekscape if you're on youtube twitter facebook we're all on there and you can watch john on like amc movie talk every day or every week
0: it's like i'm on every week monday wednesday and friday
1: okay and then uh you can always watch us uh, you know at geekscape listen to us on geekscape i'm working on a few things to uh to bring Geekscape into the, you know a couple more places in the next year, so uh, I'm excited about all of it. Geekscape 2014. Yeah, the best place to keep up with is Geekscape.net or Geekscape on face- Facebook or on Twitter. Following one of us on Twitter, uh, and again Stitcher, we're on Stitcher, so subscribe to us and share us. Hope you guys are doing well. Those are our 2013 uh wrap ups and man what a
0: woozy of
1: an episode I know. I and we haven't even yeah
0: we, we just have other things we have to do otherwise we would talk for another hour because i still have like <laughs> i don't even go through like, like 10 more 15 more movies you should so we have post for, that in the body of the episode email that to me and okay. i'm going to put it in the body of the episode okay all
1: right uh we'll see you guys next time bye later